Well, let's start the Georgia show by wishing Jake Rowe, our fearless senior editor at dogshq.com, a happy birthday, 29, 29 again. 40, man. 40. I, I mean, listen, they used to lie about it. They used to. to and you don't look like, a day older than 45, Jake. Yeah, I know, oh, right? Um, <laughs> it is so weird, though. I'll be honest with you. Like, you just. I mean, it doesn't feel any different. It don't feel any different than I did yesterday or, or three three years ago. But uh um it's it's kind of crazy how uh like I don't know, it doesn't feel like you're ever gonna get here and then you blink your eyes, you know, you blink your eyes at twenty nine and you know, next thing you're forty. So Pretty cool. I, I'm cool with it. I woke up this morning, my wife had a just a gigantic <laughs> sign out front of my house. Um, I remember when my mom turned 40 and that's probably the hardest thing for me to think about today. So, uh, lots of happy birthday calls and whatnot, but, uh, you know, me, Jason Hayward, Dion Sanders, we all share a birthday and, uh, you know, it's a lot of athletes on one day, dude. A lot of athletes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, led by none other than you. Yeah. Competitors. Uh, we'll get to some competitors, a big competitor, uh, on this Georgia football team in 2023. But let's start off, guys. The secondary news in Georgia's recruiting class in 2024, looking a little thin. Uh, dogs just lost safety commit. Uh, Peyton Woodyard, who flipped to Alabama. So w on the heels of that K.J. Bolden announcement to FSU, people are wondering what's going on in the dogs uh, back into the defense. I mean, I think it's a little bit of bad luck. Um, here, here's what I'll say about Georgia recruiting, right? Will Muschamp, Fran Brown, Kirby Smart, um, they're not dropping the ball. They're not getting outworked. Uh, they're not, um, bad recruiters, but you know, you, you, you're after KJ Bolden and, um, he grew up a Florida state fan, big fan of Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey. All right. Well, that's an L. Uh, I don't know what happened with Jalen Hayward. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, maybe they didn't like his length, a little undersized. I'm not 100% sure. I have a hard time believing, hey, just flat out, I'd rather be at UCF than Georgia. And if it is, it's probably because of the fact that Georgia's taken elite safeties in uh, each of the last two classes. Um, and then with, with Peyton Woodyard, I mean, you're always kind of rolling the dice when you're, when you're getting a guy from across the country like that. And, uh, um, you know, not that he's staying closer to home, at least not just yet. He's flipped Alabama. Um, you know, I think Georgia's fine at safety. I mean, listen, they, they would love to have KJ Bolden and Peyton Woodyard uh, at the very least. They would love to have those two. Um, but you know, you look at next year. I don't think it's a given that Javon Bullard's gone. Um, you know, I, I think he's a fantastic player, but is he a hey? I got to jump to the NFL guy. I don't necessarily think that. Uh, you got Malachi starts coming back next year. Let's say you got, let's say Javon Bullard does leave. Well, you've got David Daniel Sisavon, you got Ja'Cory Thomas, uh, you've got uh, Justin Rett, uh, Jonelle Aguero, uh, and um, Kyron Jones. And uh, not only that, but you got Chris Peel that could probably slide over and play safety. Our, uh, our man, Matt Godwin, um, our silver bullet, um, our you know wooden dagger, cross, garlic, garlic, holy water, you know, all of it. Um, was on the board yesterday and talked about how it's it, how safety is a position fluid, uh, you know, type position where you know you want to be able to uh, you know cross train some guys and maybe bring some corners over. Us Georgia recruits big corners, big corners, 
slide over and play safety if they want to get onto the field. So I, I'm not worried about – I understand where fans are coming from where you thought Georgia might get three elite safeties in this class. Hell, there was a time with the uh, Phil Same kid that, that ended up at Florida where people were like, man, I think Georgia can get four. Um, that's probably never going to happen. Um, but I understand, you know, the, the frustration with missing on all four of those. But I don't think it's anything to worry about when it comes to Georgia's depth chart. Yeah, the depth chart looking looking ahead <clears throat> without these guys in the class, you know, makes me wonder, is this a uh, transfer portal situation? And obviously there's a lot of time between now and signing day. Who knows who Georgia may be able to flip uh, out of this 2024 group right now. One way or another, though, the guys that they are raising up right now in camp, this uh, most recent class in 23, they got some dudes. And who's to say that someone like Ellis Robinson can't make an immediate impact as well when he shows up on campus? Yeah, I mean, like Jake was laying out there, they've got enough guys, you know, by my count, assuming you lose Tyke, um, you know, who's not a given either, Javon Bullard and Kamari Lasseter, puts them down to 14 in the secondary. And there's a lot of guys within that 14 uh, that can play multiple positions. You, you're going to feel confident in one of your corners at least um, if not multiple of them, getting some sort of starting experience, a lot of experience on the field. Um, you know, A.J. Harris is another guy that I think could, you know, maybe, you know, be a little bit position fluid there. You know, y- you got to consider star in this as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if they do lose, I mean, obviously moving board from star to safety opens the door for Tyke Smith, but it also opens the door for Janelle Aguero. And, and then, you know, like you said, Jake, he could be a guy that, you know, after getting a lot of reps at star, maybe makes that move to safety. Ja'Cory Thomas is somebody that made some buzz early on. So they've got enough guys. Um, you know, it's also a position and, you know, for as crazy as it seems, you know, with Georgia having the majority of its class wrapped up to this point, it's also a position that they can ID maybe somebody that has a really strong senior season, make a push for them, uh, you know, going into December going into February uh, and, and prioritize that because they've got so many other positions locked up. Yeah. That's another thing is, is the whole idea that it's not over, you know, like George is going to keep recruiting KJ bold. And you guys had rusty was on here Sunday night. I'm sure talking just about that. Um, you know, Peyton Woodyard, I don't think George will stop recruiting him probably a long shot, but you know, flips is tough to flip them back. It doesn't happen as often. Um, and I think there are going to be other guys they're going to go after. I mean, will they throw a flyer out for for Phil Same, or, or will they, you know, ultimately it may help them recruit the position in next year's class better? Um, you know, that's always like a, that, that's always a, if you if you fall short a little bit, maybe maybe miss on a couple kids in one class. It's always a little easier to kind of be like, hey man, we didn't have a great class in front of you. That's why we need you real bad. And you know, a team that then has trouble selling playing time, immediate playing time to players at certain positions, has it to sell there at one position, and maybe you can go out and get you a guy like Malachi Starks. But I saw I saw somebody post, I think it was either on Twitter or it was on a, on our on a, a Dogs HQ message board there, the, the dog walk, that Georgia just can't get elite safeties. Guys, they've, they've signed elite safeties in each of the past two classes. I mean, Jonel Aguero is, is, a, is a stud. I mean, he's borderline five-star prospect, definitely in the elite blue chip, uh, you know, you know, area. And then Malachi Starks. So, um, 
listen, yeah, I know missing out on Peyton Woodyard is not a you're not a great thing. It's not something you want to do. Um, not missing out on KJ Bolden's not either. But uh, hey, let's let, let's talk in December when we know a lot more about the roster. Uh, you know, you can focus on the fact that Georgia's 0 for two or 0 for three, but I think you should also focus on the fact that you know Georgia just signed a massive defensive back class in 2022, 2023. Sorry. Yeah, really. That's what it comes down to for me. KJ Bolden, his Florida State connection, and that's not that's not done. Uh, but with everybody else, with Woodyard and and whoever Georgia's having trouble landing, that playing time is a legitimate thing, especially in that group. Georgia rotates, and if you're good enough, you get on the field. But at a certain point, there's a ceiling. There are just so many guys there, so many dogs. Uh, I don't blame people for picking other destinations even though it seems like Georgia should be able to get whoever Georgia wants to get, you, you know, you're going to bump your head on, on the elite guys in front of you at some point. And that's, I think, you know, I don't have a, an actual number on this, but it seems like of all the position groups that Georgia has lost to the transfer portal, it seems like they've lost the most DBs. Yeah. I, up. That, that feels right. And Wes, I want to speak to something you just said there, because I think, um, I think you hit on something, and and back to back national championships will do this to you. Georgia should get who Georgia wants, right? I mean, I'm I'm with everybody. Like it makes, you know, when you look at KJ Bolden, and this is no slight to the Florida State staff, but you look at KJ Bolden and you say, hey, you go to you go to Alabama to be coached by Nick Saban, you go to Georgia to be coached by Kirby Smart. Um, you know, we'll, you know, you go to Alabama, you're coached by Nick Saban and, and, you know, Tavares Robinson, you go to Georgia, you're coached by Fran Brown and, and, uh, and, and Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart. I mean, listen, that's a fast track to the NFL, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to go do that? But a tale as old as time is these guys betting on themselves and wanting to be part of a build as opposed to be part of a stack. You know, and and I'm not saying that that means they're going to go to Georgia and ride the bench or anything like that. I th- I've said it. I think KJ Bolden could play right away at Georgia, just like Malachi Starks did. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of that kid. But Kirby Smart built the Georgia program by selling the dream of building the Georgia program. That's how it happened. You know, I mean, it, it, I know Kirby's a great recruiter and everything, but in 2017, he didn't. During that season when Georgia had most of its commitments heading into an early signing period, it wasn't like they had all this tradition of excellence and greatness and championships, you know, just just sitting there for people. He he sold a dream to those guys and it worked. And and Georgia fans ate it up. So I think they needed to kind of look back and realize that you know, hey, Florida State's selling a build and, and Auburn, they're trying to sell a build to these guys. Hey, be a part of a be a part of a come up here as opposed to being a and that's going to appeal to some kids. And and listen, Georgia used to get kids from Alabama. They used to, you know, Mike Bobo and and company won a lot of recruiting battles against Kirby Smart. That like I'm talking about like Garrison Smith, um, uh, Damian Swan, Malcolm Mitchell, Jay Rome, uh, guys like Ray Drew. And we can talk about how successful they were at the next level or not. That doesn't matter. These guys were highly coveted football players. Georgia got them from Alabama when it made more sense to go to Alabama. That that's where it was, and you know sometimes those kids don't want to go just be part of another, you know, uh, another necessarily another championship. It's not that they don't want to win; they just want to be a reason for the win as opposed to kind of stacking up, waiting their turn, um, stuff like that. It's just different motivations, and 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's not something, it's not just this craziness that somebody else is going to another program. It just appeals to them. Yeah. The psychology of the hats and playing time and all that, it all makes sense to everybody. And if you're joining George's outfit, music to Kirby Smart's ears. Speaking of people who know Kirby Smart can recruit very well, we heard from Todd Hartley and Glenn Schumann this week. And uh, I, I've got some thoughts on what both of those guys said. But I'll let y'all start it off. You've each had plenty of words spilt over what Schumann and Hartley had to say about their units. Uh, Raw, I'll let you start. A couple things from each guy that kind of stood out to you hearing from him talk. Palmer, go. Go. Oh, he said, he said, Roe, I'll let you start. But oh, I'm sorry. I can, I didn't take, even say I can, I can take it. Um, I, you know, I was really impressed with what, um, Glenn Schumann had to say about why he's recruiting these inside linebackers, um, you know, and, and the way that they meet the standard that Georgia has set, um, you know, and, and how they want to live up to that standard. Um, you know, I, I was impressed with what he had to say about how he wanted to stay at Georgia, what it is that has kept him at Georgia for all this time. Um, you know, he's had opportunities. He'll have other opportunities, but, He's not looking to leave Athens, um, you know, just for any opportunity. I think the patience that he saw, not only with with Dan Lanning, uh, you know, making that jump from Georgia to Oregon as a first time head coach, but also the patience that he saw sitting under Kirby Smart there at Alabama, um, you know, watching him, you know, be selective and, and when he could have jumped at an earlier opportunity, uh, waited for the right one, and, and ultimately it's paid off for him and paid off for Schumann too. Um, being able to come over with him in 2016. So Hartley, I mean, Jake, you've written a lot about him, um, you know, and, and the comments that he had on Brock Bowers. I think that's, that's what has made the rounds, but you know, he had a ton of praise for those young tight ends too. So, um, you know, fu future of both those rooms, the inside linebacker room, the tight end room, um, you know, I, I've seen it written that that's, that's kind of the reason that Georgia is recruiting so well over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, those are the two coaches that are behind it. I think, uh, I think our man Robert over here is in the, in the comments worried that Dylan Brooks is mainlining, uh, <laughs> mainlining something. Uh, we got a little confusion over here. It's pretty funny. I saw Wes popping it up, and I switched over to the comments and saw it. Uh, I, I was listen. I, I was blown away with Todd Harley. I, I and that's why I've written about him twice now. Um, Listen, I've known Todd Hartley for a long time. Um, you know, I, you know, I kind of, I've gone back to, you know, when he was director of player personnel at Georgia. Um, you know, even really before that, I know a lot of people that have known Todd Hartley for a long time, and um, he's a young dude. He's fiery. Uh, he has uh, got a very distinct voice, very distinct look, um, very distinct style. Um, you know, I made a tweet here a little while back. He, he is the king of the two tone Georgia baseball cap okay hmm. like he he's got the he's got the white with the red bill like you see there the black with the red bill the red with the black the black with the red bill i mean all of them i may have said something twice there hmm. um but to me i i thought i we were i think glenn schumann's gonna be a head coach glenn schumann is glenn schumann right i mean that's he's an ace recruiter he's a x's and o's guru this guy's been game planning since he was at Alabama, it was him, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart sitting in a room finalizing the game plan. Um, there's no way that kid was never going to become a head coach. Well, the same is true for Todd Hartley, I think. 
And that's what it kind of confirmed to me is one of these days. And, and listen, I think he probably ends up taking the Shane Beamer route. And I, before everybody jumps in, oh, he's nothing close to Beamer. I don't care. Don't don't start with that. It's my birthday. Don't mess with me, okay? I, I'm not in. I'm not trying to make a comparison. I'm just saying the route itself. I think it makes a lot of sense. Where maybe he grabs an OC title at Georgia and a co-OC title at Georgia, and uh, and and basically in name and game planning, you know, uh, type thing, you know, something in that way. And then some team comes along and they hire him as a head coach because of his recruiting prowess, because of his energy, uh, because of his association and what he's learned in within the Georgia program. But I think that cat right there is going to be a head coach um, probably before, you know, probably the next six to seven years. Um, and I think the same is true for Glenn Schumann and Palmer. It stood out to me as well that, you know, Glenn, I will say this, so. What Glenn Schumann had to say about grass is greener on the other side was not all too dissimilar from what we heard from Todd Munkin at the end of the at the end of last season. And Todd Munkin ain't here no more. So he found uh, some grass that was greener. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Todd Munkin, you know, we're talking about guys that are made up completely differently. Uh, Todd Munkin, I believe, is you know a good twenty five years older than Glenn Schumann. Um, does not like to recruit as much as Glenn Schumann. Um, you know, I think Schumann is probably, you know, going to spend some time at Georgia. Somebody's going to come get him at some point, but I don't think he's in a big hurry. And he, you know, listen, when you got a guy talking about how, how happy your family is, you know, how, how excited they are to be where they are. Um, you know, that's, that's something you can feel pretty good about. So, so Jake, you know, on the topic of those two, you know, Schumann and Hartley potentially being head coaches someday, um, both of them were included in the extensions that were given yesterday and, and i put it out on our board over under two and a half of the five coaches that were extended um schumann and hartley were through 2026 uh or or through the 2025 season uh june 30th 2026 del mcgee stacy searles chadera uzo deribe through june 30th 2025 over under two and a half of those coaches that make it through the extension that they received over, over, over. Just because for- Hart, because to me Hartley is that swing guy. If 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 he could, I, I don't see Glenn Schumann being here for the twenty twenty six football season. Um, you know, it yeah, would I not- think Hartley. I think Hartley will be around because I think he's going to need a couple of years in that with that co OC title. It's, it's the tight end thing, you yeah. know. Not not everybody's Dan Campbell. You got to kind of overcome that tight end deal because you're not He's a coordinator. Special, does he have special teams coordinator on his title no. as well? He does no. not. Okay. Well, yeah, I think he needs to add co-OC to, to his resume there for a little bit. And Well, that's uh, what I was pleasantly surprised to hear thing. from him. Associate head the, coach is the other thing that's tagged on with him. Oh, okay. We normally get the coordinators, and then we see that Hartley's going to come up, and I was like, okay, he's getting uh, – a little, little bit of spotlight. Maybe Kirby wants to give him some reps. Maybe he's indicated he wants some of that. Well, and, uh, and look, I wasn't upset by it. You know, like people have said in our comments and, and like Jake said, I was very impressed with the way that Hartley handled it. You know, I, I spoke with him one-on-one at the, uh, you know, I guess it, the National Championship Media Day and, and uh, you know, really enjoyed that conversation. His presence, he, he makes it enjoyable to listen to him talk. Um, you know, and I can't necessarily say that about everybody that takes that podium. Um, but so, you know, that's why I wasn't too upset. 
And, and I think that he's excited about the group that he's coaching, uh, you know, Brock Bowers included, but also the, those youngsters, Oscar Delt, Pierce Sperlin, and Lawson Lucky. So that, that shows in the way that he talks about them. I think you're lying. I think you were really upset. I think you just raked all the stuff off your desk, started smashing stuff against the wall. I mean, dude, I was glad we were going to get anybody else whenever Glenn Schumann comes up because um, I think he was probably the best he's ever been yesterday. Uh, you know, he he really did open up a little bit. He's so monotone and so with it, and I know that's not him. Like, you know, that I, I you know I, I know that's not him all the time. There's a little bit of Bill Belichick there and my man Glenn Schumann like he kind of dials it down for us and and I think becomes like maybe a little bit intentionally uh bland for us but I did think he had more to say yesterday dude I remember that Chick-fil-a um that Chick-fil-a bowl uh time when he just sat down there and I was just like I was there for three or four minutes and listen he's he's phenomenal he's one of the greatest coaches one of the greatest assistant coaches I've ever covered, and I think has probably ever graced the field at Georgia. Glenn Schumann is amazing. Horrible interview. Um, I could not wait to go talk to Will Muschamp after about five minutes with Glenn Schumann in Atlanta at the Weston Peachtree Plaza. And um, and so, that's who we that's who we missed out on was was yeah. not getting Muschamp. Um, William you know, Larry, I, I was I was <laughs> yeah William Larry. Uh, I I was surprised that uh, Schumann had a voice because I feel like normally. Yeah, when, uh, when these coaches come up there, especially during fall camp, they, they're super raspy with with a hoarse voice. I'm surprised he's like still with us after wearing sweatsuits, <laughs> no matter the temperature outside. I, I've adopted that this summer, man. I have, uh, I've got, I've well, partially half of it. I've wore, I've started to wear uh, hoodies outside, like when I do yard work and stuff, even then through the heat of the day. And man, I tell you what, it's something you can get used to and. It's almost like having your own mobile sweat lodge. Just makes me feel like I'm hung over all the time if I ever do that. <laughs> uh, I really liked what Hartley said about Brock Bowers. Obviously, yeah. the lightning rod quote. But I learned that it doesn't matter how good you are, you know, freakishly athletic, no matter how talented you may be. Brock Bowers is just the most competitive guy playing for a really competitive head coach and a competitive position group coach too. But he uh, he gave us a little glimpse into how pissed off Brock Bowers gets. That's what he told us because he just wants to practice the whole time. And Hartley's like, hey, man, I got to look at Oscar Delp. I got to look at Pierce Sperlin. Lawson Lucky, you got to back off, dude. Brock Bowers is to rips as Palmer Toms is to creating content. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's – a, it's a Labrador retriever and a tennis ball. It is. I mean, it's just it's just the tail's always wagging. If there's if you're not throwing it, there's a little bit of a whimper. There's a <laughs> like he's just he's just chomping at the bit at all times. Uh, but listen, Kirby, you know the Kirby's little anecdote there at, at SEC Media Days kind of stuck with me, and I wrote about it again yesterday in my story about you know listen they, they do these boxes. You know, I don't know if everybody saw the thing at SEC Media Days, but they do these boxes where they jog the whole length of the field and then they do the end lines and the, I mean, so they run the whole length of the field, do the end, jog the end lines, run the whole length of the field and then jog the other end line. And the four tight ends teamed up to run each leg of that box and they raced Brock Bowers by himself and he still beat all four of them. Like that's, I mean, that's just outrageous, man. 
I mean, that. Uh, listen, he's an alien. We've said it over and over again. Everybody knows I got a massive crush on the kid um, in terms of, you know, him as a, a football player. Like, I I love Brock Bowers, the football player. And the legend just keeps growing. I mean, you got Tate Ratledge and and who was it, Zion Logue? Or, or, or was it uh, – I don't know what Players Lounge or whatever it was that, that they were on or Real Talk or whatever they call that podcast. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not trying to disrespect it. But, you know, whoever was on there, they were like, man, if you don't like Brock Bowers, there's something wrong with you. So not only is he likable, like not only is he extremely good, but he's also extremely hard worker. And you got Todd Hartley over here talking about him like, I wish he was my boy, you know. Um, I don't know what else you can do. Yeah, man. It, I just can't wait to see him again and see the whole tight end room because he, he's just setting the tone for all of them. Um. He all makes right, us all better. He he does. Makes made me better today. <laughs> um, it can be difficult to get tickets to the sporting event that you want to go see. Sometimes you want to see a really top-notch game, SEC Power Five opponents coming into town, or maybe you're just trying to get a whole bunch of tickets together for you and your family members because you want to see the back-to-back defending national champions play between the hedges. Well, that's why we've partnered with GameTime.co. And that's not a misspeak. This is not a typo. GameTime.co slash dogs is what you want to do this season. No matter who you're trying to see the dogs play. Is it Ole Miss? Is it UT Martin in week one? Maybe you're going to travel on the road with some of your buddies. Well, check out GameTime.co. And it is the ideal place, the number one place for you to get tickets last minute, if you're having trouble finding things on you know, your Facebook group or someone on your street is striking out, go to GameTime.co, and they've got every single game right now. Skyhawks at Bulldogs. Skyhawks is UT Martin, by the way. You can get uh, the 610 way up in the clouds for $50 each. Maybe you want to get a little bit closer to the action. Club sideline right now, uh, $225 each in section 237 head on over to gametime.co it is the place for last minute tickets what you want to do is snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use code dogs for 20 dollars off your first purchase those terms apply and create an account create uh, your account and redeem it with dogs for 20 dollars off download the game time app for all your last minute tickets the lowest price guaranteed. Uh, guys, you're going to have really good seats for all for your one games. more year. For one, one more year. year. So you may be using GameTime.co to just simulate that old press box feeling in a couple years. They're going to put baby in a corner. Let's chop some wood. Not putting any babies in any corners tonight. Uh, I'll chop wood about the topic that we haven't really spoken much about on this show because I don't know that it really matters a ton to the SEC crowd just yet. But what if conference realignment doesn't ruin college football? What if we just keep marching on, kind of like that old uh, that old song that we all love, Tracy Lawrence, and time marches on, man. There's no stopping this game. There's no stopping college football. It's inevitable. Y'all are still watching it. But what if it doesn't make it worse? What if, what if in some ways it becomes more fun? I know those rivalries will get dashed and, you know, thrown away when the Big Ten absorbs everybody that isn't in the A. But uh, 
we kind of dealt the, with this. We've weathered the storm. We kind of flirted with Georgia losing to Auburn for a little bit, and you still have that same excitement for the game. I don't know. I don't know how it impacts the SEC. Greg Sankey's adamant that he doesn't want to add anybody just yet, but I'm just starting to wonder. What if college football still rocks even after all this stuff happens over the next few years? I'm going to go on a related note, Wes. Uh, before I say that, I'm going to also point to this. Um, hey, guys, this expansion thing and bigger TV contracts, I know the, I know other media fans are talking greed, greed. Well, those same people will also tell you that um, revenue sharing and pay-for-play and unionization are coming. And guess what these schools are going to need to be doing to get the war chest ready for that? They're going to need to be stacking money. Or else it's just going to be the football players getting paid and the rest of the sports are going to have to go by the wayside. So stacking up as money, much money as they possibly can, it's greed, whatever, call it what you want. It's a necessary evil at this point, in my opinion, the way I look at it, uh, they, they've got to have the cash to pay these guys for when the time comes and when when they start sharing revenue or else, you know, they're not going to have the funds to do what they want to do and to, and to run this sport correctly. College football is going to stick around. Um, I think this is a good thing for the rest of the sports, even though it's going to cause some of them to travel, which is what I'm going to chop wood on. Um, I, listen, I, I, I think Eli Drinkwitz is, is, is a good coach. I think he's a very entertaining guy. Um, I think he caught way too much flack over the my brother's in-laws a pediatrician comment. I don't think that was meant to be that. Um, but listen, drink. If these kids are not on planes, it ain't like they're rest. He talked about resting and sleeping and mental health. Hey, Palmer, how much sleep did you get when you were in college? Hmm. I mean – when, when anytime that any of these guys get in trouble or anytime somebody gets a, you know, gets a, a DUI or, 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 you know, ends up, you know, how many times you've been downtown and they're closing them down, down there, whether they're drinking or not. Um, these, I mean, I, I, I'm not buying that. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, is it ideal for a, for a volleyball player to have to fly in from UCLA on a Tuesday night, um, you know, back to, you know, Wisconsin or wherever. No, it's not ideal, but they're going to be fine, man. They're, they're going to be fine. And, and they've got a lot of support that, you know, they've got a lot of, uh, uh, they get a lot of opportunities to see and do some things that a lot of students don't get to do. And uh, I'm, I'm not saying like, again, it's not ideal. It's not great, but I think we need to just stop with all the hand ringing, maybe see how it plays out for once. Yeah. We're, we're, Wes, we're, we're shouting out into the forest here and nobody's hearing it. I mean, like it's it's not going to prevent anything, but maybe we just need this for one time just to say, hey, this is how this is going to go. We can't stop it. So let's see how it goes and we'll judge it on its own merits yeah. uh, as opposed to sit here and talking about how awful it is. I, I don't. Yeah, this is just for the people that listen to our show. I'm probably not even going to make a clip about this because I don't this isn't like a soapbox thing for me. Maybe I just they're... want the sport to be fun. And it seems like the last two seasons has been so like gloom and doom in the off season before you get into college ball. Um, I'm not saying to ignore it completely, but yeah, let's just see what happens. Uh, it, it is a great opportunity for a lot of these athletes. And yeah, if you're from Wisconsin and you're getting to go travel to LA in March to go, you know, play whatever softball or whatever you're playing baseball, it's pretty cool. Yep. 
Yeah. Maybe you love Wisconsin. Anyway, Palmer, take us home, man. I've never been to Wisconsin. It, it would be cool. Yeah, me neither. Cheese and uh, beer. <laughs> um, I am chopping wood on weights. Um, did a deep dive into Georgia's updated roster here recently and looked at the players that, that gained weight, lost weight as compared to the listed weights for them last season. Um, obviously those listed weights and it, it fluctuates, um, you know, that these players can gain weight, lose weight, um, you know, as, as the season goes along and, and whatnot, but, uh, big gainers from this and, and two players that I'm taking away, uh, you know, a little bit about, you know, you, you can read into why it is that they gain that weight a little bit. Oscar Delt put on 20 pounds. Uh, he's up to 245. Jalen Walker, put on 20 pounds. He's also up to 245. Those two guys, second year players, you know, spending time in the program that they, they, they've, they've been able to, you know, go through both of them were early enrollees, um, you know, and, and have been able to get a full experience, you know, go through the, the full off season and the weight program and, and the, the bones and the, the nutrition and all that. And they're going to be asked to step into some bigger roles, Oscar Delp, especially, um, you know, losing Darnell Washington there. So putting on 20 pounds for him is big. I, I thought it was interesting that Javon Bullard's listed 15 pounds heavier, um, you know, with his position change, maybe that's something that they, they wanted to see, you know, he's going to be maybe a little bit more physical, which is, you know, even possible if that's even possible. Darius Smith put on 15. Um, you know, you, you had guys that lost weight too. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins down 20 pounds. Um, you know, is that an, in an effort to get him a little bit slimmer so that he can play on the outside as opposed to being a little bit of a tweener there, defensive tackle, defensive end type? So it, it's interesting to look at it. Um, posted the full um, of all the players, notable players that gained or lost weight this offseason. Uh, have a list posted to our board. Um, so come check that out over on the dog walk um, because, you know, and, and share what, you know, why it is you think that they lost weight because, you know, they, you, Brock Bowers put on 10 pounds. Is that because he's, you know, trying to bulk up a little bit to play tight end in the NFL? Probably so. Um, you know, Makai Muse even put on weight, 15 pounds for him. So we've seen, uh, I mean, we've seen Georgia players come in and lose weight and keep their, you know, that bad weight off. But seeing some of those top dogs with increases next to their names, woo! And you said Bowers isn't losing any speed either after putting a few pounds on. That's that's scary stuff. Uh, Y'all hit like and subscribe on this YouTube channel, please. We'll be back on Sunday, 8.30 p.m., and Bark After Dark will be back 9 p.m. on Monday. How many days are we until until game one? 24, is that right? Yeah, I think that's right at that. Sounds yeah. about right. And we'll have a lot more to talk about, not Wisconsin volleyball players taking <laughs> uh, private jets or flying Delta or whatever they do. We'll actually be talking about Georgia for the full hour. It's going to be fun. Maybe we'll talk about them. I don't know. I, I never know what Palmer's going to have in store for us in – and chopping wood so we'll see palmer your internet was making me lose weight dude <laughs> uh, what's going on over there jake Rowe, happy birthday thanks for coming on uh appreciate it as always dudes we'll catch y'all at dogshq.com premium stuff
behind that paywall as we get ready for the season. Back-to-back defending national champs. Never rest. See ya.